Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So what we're, what we're starting today is our You Asked For It series. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have our pastoral team up here sitting here, and we're going to be answering your questions. So last Sunday, during both services, we gave you the opportunity to text in a question. And we're actually going to be going through those questions. Now, you might not see your question in there. There, was a, there were themes uh, in the, under relationships that, that gave a lot of similar questions. So... If you don't see your, your, an, your question up on the screen, listen for the answer to your question because, because there were a lot, of, a lot of them that intertwined. Um, and if we don't get to your question, we, we got a ton of questions, stick around second service. We might ask, answer your question then. It'll be a little bit different second service. Or you can watch uh, that one be broadcast afterwards. Both services will be broadcast. Um, and then after service, if your question didn't get answered or you didn't get the, the depth of an answer that you were hoping for, because we're looking at this from a, a larger context, we're not necessarily speaking to your specific situation, our pastoral team will, will be willing to, to pray for you, to, to maybe have a, a short conversation after service if you want to delve more into the answer of your question. And if it's something that's even bigger than that, we can, we can set up uh, appointments, we can figure out a time to get you to sit with one of our pastoral teams or, or, or council to work through those questions. Now, before we get into the, the questions for this week, we're doing this again next week. The theme next week is doubt. Anybody have doubts? Everybody's got doubts. Well, if you've got questions about doubts, this is going to be your opportunity. So pull out your phones. Pull out your phones. And there's a phone number up here, 614-655-1015. You've got the next 30 seconds or so to text in your question, and that'll get us prepared for next week. I guess it's going a second round. Is it, is it a double loop or do we screw up there? That's probably enough time. I love being up here. Uh, so, so once again, we're, that was for doubt next week. If there's going to be another opportunity, there's actually the opportunity. That phone number is going to be open through the end of second service. If, you've, if, if midway through service, it's like, oh, that's the question I want to ask. Go ahead and pop it up there. I'll wait till after service. But uh, the, the more questions that we have, the more questions that we have the opportunity to answer. Hopefully, that will be an encouragement in your walk. So uh, please take advantage of that. So this is your pastoral staff minus Aaron. Aaron's usually the one that's up here, but, but we've, got, we've got the rest of our pastoral staff. We've got Jason Laporte, who is our Next Steps pastor. All right, now we're going to see who's liked the most. Then we got Derek, who is our creative pastor. And then we've got Kyle, who's our executive pastor. And then there's me, the associate pastor. Yeah. Totally appropriate. It doesn't feel awkward at all. 
I'll cry later. <laughs> that hurt. It didn't hurt. I know you will. Okay, so, so this week is relationships, and, and all the questions that we have are, are based on relationships. Um, the first question that we're going we're gonna to jump right into is, is one that I had the opportunity to answer, and that is, uh, how do I build a strong and consistent relationship with God? How do I build a strong and consistent relationship with God? Now, now listen, the answer to this one is really similar to the answers to the other ones. Um, that, that when it comes to God, so, uh, so I'll, I'll share this right now, that if your relationship with God is, is uh, dependent just on your Sunday morning participation at, at church service here, and you've got no interaction without, with him in the rest of the week, either in prayer or scripture reading or obedience or serving, you've got no relationship with God. That, that, if, that if you consider the relationships that you have with other people, the, the people that you're close to, is it, is it relegated to an hour and a half on Sunday morning? And even in that hour and a half, you're just sitting and, and, and watching, but not, not really having the, the opportunity to participate, that that relationship's not going to be strong. If you're, if you're sitting here thinking, I don't have a strong relationship with God, um, there, there, are, there are steps that you can take that, that, that we're going to encourage you to be in prayer, that, that prayer is your, is your communication time with God, that, that you get to lift up your prayers, and then you get to be silent and listen to, to answers and, and search out his answers. That, that if you're not in his word, you're not going to understand him. That, that his word is, is, what shares, is, is how he shares who he is, how Jesus is, who Jesus is, and, and, and then giving you the opportunity to actually be obedient in what he's called you to do. That, if, that you've got to be in his word on a regular basis. That, that you've got to be in community. That, that, that Sunday morning is an opportunity to be in community with, with other believers. But, but we also have grow groups, and there are opportunities to serve and and. And connecting with others is also going to increase your relationship with God. Um, there, there, are, there are, are, are basic steps that need to be routine, that need to be a discipline. And, 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 and sometimes it's, it's going to be work that you're going to be like, well, I, I, don't, I don't feel like doing that today. But if, but if you want a stronger relationship with him, this is what you need to do. Do you guys have any specific disciplines that, that stand out in your week? Uh, well, so, so for me, it's, it's really... Uh, when I think about wh- wh- what, is, what does God look like, God looks like us, the church. So if we're talking about um, uh, how do we strengthen our relationship, um, for, again, for me, it's strengthening us, our community, relationally, and then, and then you know, some practical things that I do. I mean I, I, I make sh- I mean, I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. Prayer is huge. Just like Pastor Tim said, prayer is, I mean, pr- prayer is just so, so, uh, crucial in your in your growth and your strengthening, with not just with with between you and God, but between you and and everyone around you. So, um, but that's what I do. I, I, and then I, I listen to podcasts and do all the other all the other good stuff that everybody else does. There's just aspects of dis- discipline that need to be in your life, whether it be with with God or with others. That there's there's got to be an intentional focus and and discipline in your life. And if and if you're kind of like stuck, well, I don't know how to pray. Come come. Come connect with us afterwards, and, and we'll, give you some, we'll give you some steps. We'll give you some, some patterns of prayer. And if, if you don't know how to start reading your Bible, that, that get the Simple Church app and follow along with, with the reading plan. That, that We've got a number of people that are following through that reading plan, and, and we can connect you with other people that are following through that reading plan so you can have conversations about what you're seeing in his word and how that, how that has an impact in your life. Um, but, but no, ultimately, it's, you've got to focus on him. That he's focusing on you, flat out. He's focusing on you, but you have, but you've got to take a step of discipline and, and do the same. Fair enough. Amen. Thank you, John Albert. <laughs>
All right, our next question. How do I... How long do you hang out with people that continue to negatively impact your relationship with God? Whoa. Whoa. There was like a groan there, huh? People... <laughs> yeah, I think I'll grab this one. Um, I think it goes back to what Tim said. Yeah, you know, you've got you've to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that, that, that you're all about God. And uh, I'd say the first issue is that if you're allowing relationships to, to interfere with that or, or I think it's negatively impact that, you've got to sit and... Take a step back and and really get a good sense of clarity and understanding of your relationship with God first, above your relationship with anyone else. And and if you're if you're sold out and and, and you're all about Jesus, there's there's not a devil in hell that's going to be able to come between you. Um, but with that being said, is for the actual you know relationships is just create boundaries. And I think you're going to probably hear that a lot because with relationships, I think boundaries is super important. But if you set boundaries with those relationships before you walk into them and you know what to expect, you know what you're going to get out of them, it's a lot easier to walk in there. And so you can uh, kind of avoid the pitfalls um, so that you, you don't have those negative impacts. Yep, for sure. Boundaries will be something that we, that we hear consistently, and, and Scripture challenges to have that, those there as well. Um, and we'll touch more on that as we move on. Uh, so here's, here's a super comfortable question. How often do you all get to have relations in your relationships? <laughs> Who would like to answer that? <laughs> so, I'll take it. I got it. <laughs> I mean, so uh, the answer to that question is if, you're, if you are not married, it's zero. Um, yeah, that's, that's, if you're married, then, you know, every... Uh, it's... it's, it's Where's, where's it? It's more than zero. It's more than zero. Yes, I'm. I'm trying to count per day. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> yes, more than zero. But but that's that, that's uh, outside of marriage zero. So listen here. The challenge with this type of question is if if you ask this question looking for a number that you can use as a hammer to, to your spouse saying, so Pastor Jason said 15 times, or Pastor Jason said once, that uh, that that's that that's not the answer you're going to get from this question, right? That uh, if so, if you've got concerns about this area in your marriage, I'm going to guess that there are probably other issues. That there are other issues in your relationship that some of these other answers could could probably open up to. Um, so we're not going to give you a number except for the zero, you know, that, uh, that before marriage, zero. That's, that's the number you want to tell. Um, but afterwards, if, if the number is an issue, let, let's have a conversation and see where the, the bigger issue really is. Fair enough? Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Good. Okay, next question. How do you continue to positively pour into someone's life when they continue to be toxic? I think this one's for Kyle. So for me, a big thing about, um, I like to use little euphemisms and stuff a lot. So when I hear a question like this, it's a, you do you, I'm going to do me. Because answering a question like this means when you are continuing to pour positively in someone's life, you're not changing how you're acting towards that other person. Let's say they are just uh, responding poorly to you or talking to you poorly. What they do and how they're acting is on them. How you choose to respond in that situation is on you. And so for me, you know, I, I can remain positive about something, even, if, even in the worst situation. Um, 
And it's not to be like, oh, everything's going to work out perfect and it's all the butterflies and everything. It literally is how I choose to respond in that moment to that situation and what I could, what I could say to help think about what the outcome of that particular situation might be. Um, so to, to remain positive or to continue pouring into someone is to literally, like, I just need to focus on doing that to hopefully, you know, help them on that, on that right that path because... Um, I feel like it's also asking too, if they want to continue to be toxic, are you looking for them to change? And that's a different question than you continuing to pour into someone positively. It's a great perspective shift. You see that perspective shift, the, your response versus what you expect them to respond. I can't make you do anything. I, I only have the choice as to how, how I can respond. Next question is this, how do you maintain a healthy boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with a non-Christian? So, so here's another one where you got to look at the bigger picture. So what's the purpose of, the, the question would be, so what's the purpose of dating? That uh, if, if you're dating a non-Christian, and, and I won't get too deep into this, but when Amy and I started dating, I was, I was a non-believer and she was a believer. And, and even then, we looked at our long-term goals. You know, what are the long-term goals? If you're a believer and your long-term goals are to have a relationship that is, that is built on 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 faith, on God, on participating as the church. Uh, why are you dating a non-Christian in the first place? That, that, if, that if your goal is to, to save them, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good goal, but, that goal, but that, that, that's not on you. And, and there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Um, if, you're just, if you're just looking to date to, to have people to hang out with and, and, and do fun stuff, that's one thing. But, but really, if you're looking for a long-term relationship and you're a believer... Um, odds are, if you're, if you're yoked with a non-believer, you're going to swing more in that direction than you are going to be in, in the direction that God wants for you. Um, and and if, if you're not even thinking about those long-term ramifications, think about them now because you don't want to get so far down that road and so connected and so yoked that, that you're having this oh crap moment. Like, oh, you know, we, we, we have kids now and how are we going to raise them? He doesn't want he doesn't want him to be in the church, and I want him to be in the church. Guess who's probably going to win? And and that's that's just a rough that's a rough situation that you can that you can put the kibosh on way earlier in your relationship. anybody got anybody, anybody want to speak into that? I know when I, when we were young, because Kyle and I, as many of you know, you know, we've been fr- fr- she's old. Um, we've been friends, or at least together since we were about twelve, which sounds crazy, but you know when. Uh, when I was about 13 years old, you know, I was playing in a, in a Christian band, and so like faith to me was super, super important. Um, and so when we started dating, and I told I told her, I said, you know, yeah, we can date, but you got to go to church. It doesn't have to be my church, but I just I just need you to be on the same, at least uh, uh, striving for the same stuff that I am, uh, because uh, like he said the Bible calls us to be equally yoked with our with our with our spouses and, and uh, even people we're dating and. Because you know that comes from the time when they had oxen, and when one of them is pulling harder than the other one, there's going someone's going to get left behind, and there's going to have this feeling that they're being dragged along, that they're that they're being pulled on, and that just isn't fun for anybody. So it's going to create strife immediately um, if if one of you is is pulling much harder than the other one, and so it's just important to talk about it from the very beginning. As soon as you get in that relationship, say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. I love God. I love Jesus, and I need you to as well. Um, and if that's not something that they're willing to do, that's a, that's a much deeper conversation. Hopefully a much easier one. It's like, oh, okay, then, that, then that's it, right? I, I know it's not that easy, but, but that's, uh, 
long, long-term thinking. What, what do you really want? What does God really want for you? Um, to have that be your focus should make those conversations come earlier in the relationship to cause less pain in the long run, for sure. I just want to say one more thing. So if you are in this relationship now, uh, just be strong, remain strong in your convictions that, that, that Jesus is Lord of your life, and don't, don't sway. Um, and don't, you know, you don't have to shove the Bible down your, your boyfriend or girlfriend's throat and, you know, start persecuting them and tell them, you're going you're gonna to go hell. You know, you don't want to do that. Uh, don't, don't be pushy, but uh, continue to love on them and continue to live out uh, the life that Christ calls you to live out. For sure. Next question. How do you love someone through their hardened heart? So, so I'll, I'll take this one. Um, this is uh, real talk time. <laughs> the what the before wasn't yeah real before talk. It, this uh, is real talk yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so real talk hashtag real talk um, so uh, some of you may know that that uh, a, a few years ago my wife and I we we went through a we went through a, a rough patch and um, it, it led to it led to us separating for a couple months um, through that time period. I mean, so so I'm speaking to this question uh, from the perspective of the hardened heart. I had the hardened heart, and it was. I remember being in that in that position. That man, there's nothing like my heart is stone cold right now. And I mean, I shut everybody out, but but through that, my wife, she that's when she found God. Um, you know, she struggled with it. She, she didn't know what to do. God intervened. So, so God intervened and, and she prayed. God told her, um, basically you can't change him. You can't change his heart. Um, I will. And, and here's what I want you to do. So, so she prayed, prayed faithfully. She read her Bible faithfully. Um, and I won't even say more importantly, but more importantly, she found community here. And, um, and it was through that time, I just started seeing a transformation in her. I remember telling her, man, I am so excited for the, for the journey that you're about to, to walk down. And I'm saying that in my, and in my heart, my heart wasn't responding. I mean, it was just like, well, I remember her saying, well, what about, what about you? And, uh, and it was it was tough. I still had a hardened heart through that process. Uh, but for her, God said, pray. Just, just keep, keep praying. Remain faithful. Um, stay in community. Surround yourself with people that will be a positive influence in, in your life. Um, and just, just trust the process. So on the back end of it, um, I remember, you know, she just kept doing it. She kept praying. She kept reading her Bible. She kept reading books, listening to podcasts, hanging out with people. She got into a grow group, first grow group she's ever been been in. And um, there was a lot of transformation um, in that and a lot of growth for her. For me, um, I remember it was, a, it was a Tuesday, Tuesday evening. I got a text from a friend of mine who lives in Hilliard. 
And he was like, hey, bro, you want to go You want to go to the gym? I'm like, sure. So went to the gym, or no, went to his, his apartment, walked into his front door, and actually they, were, they ambushed me with a Bible study. And, uh, and I was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to. I just wanted to go to the gym um, because that was my coping mechanism. And um, so we had a Bible study, and I realized, like, I had not prayed. I had not prayed once through that whole process. And um, um, at the end, they prayed. They all prayed for me. And they said, it's your turn. And I just started crying. Like, I, I started crying, and then I, I prayed. And, um, and the next, or uh, let's see, so that was a Tuesday. Friday morning, I think I texted Danielle. I just, I don't know what happened. It was just something just clicked. It was like a light switch just flipped like flipped on, and and I just had to see her. I had to be with her, and so I texted her and I said, "Hey, I know you're getting ready to fly out tomorrow, but you want to you want to go out tonight?" And so, um, we did. But man, that it was just I have I have no other words for the softening of my heart other than Danielle remained faithful. She remained faithful through the whole process, and she gave the the. Um, the need to change me, she gave that to God. She trusted that God would, would, would walk through this, and it worked. It, I, it, and it's just being on the other side of that, man, I was just like, I, I, I have no other explanation other than God showed up, and God will show up. So, so this is the impact of the, the first question that we shared. So how, how do I build a strong, consistent relationship with God and the impact that it ultimately has? That, that your relationship with God is, is not just for you, that, that he's going to work through you to impact others. And the stronger your relationship is with him, the, 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 the more opportunities, the stronger the opportunities that you get to, to participate in his will. Um, that, that this transformation did not just happen because uh, Danielle willed it. There was, there was transformation in her life and in, in her relationship with God that, that saw that overflow elsewhere that uh, don't 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 take that lightly don't take any of that lightly great story you can share that again second service so you can hear it we'll make sure that question's in there our next question how do i overcome differences in my relationships we'll, we'll throw that to derek because he can share that <laughs> with his wife sitting next to him That'll be fun. So I actually have a question with this one. So when you guys have an argument or a disagreement or someone with your spouse or, or boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship, whatever, what do you guys generally do? What's the, what's the one word you think of? Communication. Okay. Another C well, You're word. a good Christian. Compromise. Right. How many people, when they compromise, feel like that was a great success? That's about what I thought. Compromise kind of sucks, right? And that's generally what I go to is like, oh, we got to compromise. But I think what we've learned more than anything else is that compromise isn't really a win for anybody because generally I go into it if compromising I, I want to win and that also is not really a success. Um, I think we all compromise because it saves face and it's easy. It's not the right thing to do. It's like, well, this fight can be over if we compromise, right? That's not really getting to, the, to our differences um, and we've generally found that within the next few days we're right back at the same conversation because we really didn't solve anything by compromising. One of us still holds a grudge. It's like, well, I gave him a little more than I wanted to, and I took a little more, so I'm, I'm, I'm a winner, and it just doesn't work. I think what works for us and what I would suggest is just to pause. Like, if you're in the middle of an argument, if you're in the middle of, a, I think, a difference, just pause. 
take a second, go to your corners, and, and separately think about the outcome that you want at the end of that conversation, argument, difference, whatever it is. Think about the outcome. And then come together and discuss what the outcomes are. I can almost guarantee you within any relationship, the outcome that you want is exactly the same as the other person. Your path to get there is a little differently, but your outcome is always going to be the same because you, that's, that's why you're together. You want the same things. So if you can solidify the outcome and then sit together and, and come up with clear paths, um, actionable steps to get to that same outcome, it's going to make your life so much easier. It's going to be such a great and, and empowering thing because it also gives you a chance to pray together. You can, you can pray for what those outcomes are. It gives you a chance to sit together um, and get face-to-face, and which you might not have a chance to do if you're just out there to try and battle the other person and get your way at the end of it. No one wins in those situations. So just pray, set, uh, set steps, actionable steps you can, act, you can get to, and, just, and work together for that, that outcome. Both of those com- conflicts are coming from like uh, a really emotional place. There, that that there can be a, a level of irrationality and and the, and the pressing pause and 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 trying to figure out together what well, what do we really want gets gets that uh, conflict out of here and and up to here and up here we can we can deal with it better that that uh, that our emotions are are fickle and not always right and they, and if we jump off the boat running at that it's it's probably just going to be I want to win emotionally I want to win. Um, but, but that's uh, that's great. So one thing that uh, that Danielle and I did that we do is we actually whiteboard. So we whiteboard what's what's important. Nerd. You know. <laughs> well then, uh, but no, yeah, we do. We whiteboarded everything. We whiteboarded everything from our finances. Here's what's important to me. Here's what's important to her. Um, our family, our kids, everything. And then, so you see, you visually see where your differences are. In your relationship, and then, uh, and then, like Derek said, where do you want to be? What's the outcome? What do you want? And then, and then, so then, you, you, at least you know what the end result looks like. So that's what that's what worked for us. So, it's clarifying your goals, right? Yeah, clarifying your goals. Next question is this: How do I balance relationships with my husband, wife, my best friend, and other friends? Uh, I think balance is a horrible word here. There, there is no balance for me. It's all priorities and boundaries. Um, it's, uh, so how do I prior, I would look at this, how do I prioritize my relationship with my wife first? My wife first, and then my family, best friend and other friends, they're just, they're, they're, they're good relationships that I want to maintain, but, but really the one that matters, uh, in, in my eyes is my wife. Now, if, if you know me and my family and how it's structured, uh, we don't get invited to a whole bunch of things anymore, because most of the people know how we structure our life, that my priority is going to be with my wife first, my family second, and then everybody else can follow along afterwards. And, and, and I still invest in those relationships, but my priority, my priority is her. If, if, uh, if you're in a boat where your priorities are elsewhere, um, well, you probably need to have a, you know, a different conversation. Again, going back to, so what is it I really want? Do I just want to hang out with my friends or do I want to invest in my relationship? That, that I, I take into consideration what, what my wife wants and desires, not from a place of, uh, I forgot the word that she used, compromise, yep, because we don't even use that, not from a place of compromise, but from a place of, so I, I want to take care of her, and, and I'm going to sacrifice some other things that might be nice for what I know is better, and, and I believe that's what God wants for us as well, that, that uh, 
that there's there's not a lot of scriptures that that talk to about you interacting with your boyfriend and girlfriend. It's with your husband and wife, right? Because that's because that's the priority. We're one. We're one. I'm gonna make sure that we stay one, and and uh, and I'm friends with you all, but you're not you're not my one, right? Uh, so so my encouragement there is to have uh, clear priorities and clear boundaries, knowing knowing where you're gonna say no. We've set such clear boundaries that everybody else knows my boundaries. And, and that makes it a relief for everybody. Nobody feels bad about not inviting us out. Or if they think it's the right time, then, then they do. But they know where my priorities are, and it's just a whole lot less stress. A whole lot less stress. Anyone else? Good. Priorities. Boundaries. Derek, what do you do when someone you trust steals and lies about you? Ouch. Um, forgive them. I mean, it's, I think it goes without saying that none of us are perfect, and, and within our relationships, we're going to have people fail us. It's just the nature of it. I love what Pastor Aaron says that. And he's, it's like, people are going to fail us. People are going to let us down. They're going to lie. They're going to cheat. They're going to steal. Man, that's terrible. I really, you know, I came to church because he wanted you to be positive. Yeah, we're positive. They're going to fail you. So I love when he says that because it's just, you know, we got to turn that over to God. We got to forgive them and say, hey, look, I understand that you screwed up here, and, and it definitely hurt me. We maybe lost a little bit of our trust, but losing someone's trust doesn't end your relationship. Maybe it can change a little bit because you got to set boundaries to protect you that from protect yourself from future issues. Um, but love them through it and forgive them. I mean, how would how would you want them to treat you? Because again, we're all in the same boat. We all fail our friends from time to time, and how would you want them to treat you? How would you want them to to deal with you if if you? if you, you know, betrayed their trust a little bit. You'd want them to give you grace. You'd want them to forgive you um, and just move on with the relationship with, with expectations and, again, boundaries. Set some boundaries, but just get through with the forgiveness and compassion for them. Brilliant. All right, so we're getting down to the last minute. We're going to finish with a strong one here. Kyle, how do you keep the fire hot? And that one's staying in second service, too. Yeah, how? (laughs) (laughs) It it gives me great life when Derek does little things like that. It's hilarious. Um, Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's like a small sizzle. We're not asking about the hot. How do you keep it hot? (laughs) Um, So I think... uh, Personally speaking, it literally is about uh, seeking seeking Derek out, and I don't mean just like in a, in a bedroom sense and stuff. It literally is about keeping my relationship with God first, but then, you know, wanting to keep a relationship with my husband super strong too. Um, there's a big element for me that is that in a in a pursuit of each other and just remaining like, you know, on a I don't know if I want to say like good standing, but that we're we're not arguing, we're not having you know, a lot of issues and stuff. It's about, um, you know, just wanting to have fun together and stuff, too. This is my this is my ride or die. Remember that little euphemism? Like, this is my best friend. I want to hang out with them and stuff, too. But, I don't know, being willing to try new things and stuff. Like, I don't really care for art, and uh, I know that my husband really enjoys it, and so sometimes I decide I'm going to go down to a place and look at all the art with him and everything, but that's going to make him happy and things that lead to different things later on and... He might have a totally different interpretation of this. So, 
No, I, I don't really have a different interpretation. It's I think it's all it's all about just showing your showing your spouse that you prefer them over anything else. Not necessarily putting them first. We have to put God first, but just showing preference. You know, when you're when you're together, put your phone down. You, you don't need the phone more than you need their attention. You don't need the TV more than you need their attention. Just show them that you love them by by putting everything down and just showing them that you prefer them above above the rest. I mean, I think that's that's pretty much the way it is. You'd be surprised at it's how uh, how receptive they are to to little things like that um, and keep the fire hot. It's a terrible. That's so wonderfully terrible. <laughs> I, although ladies only, I have the most fantastic story about trying to keep the fire hot. Ladies only, but I'd be willing to share that about a situation that occurred. Well, I'm gonna have to have my wife ask so I can figure <laughs> out what that is. So, so, so one of the words that 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 Kyle used in that answer was pursuit, right? That that if it's in a, a marriage relationship or just even in a friendship relationship, that, that, uh, that you've got to pursue that relationship, that there's a discipline there, that you've got, to, you've got to see what people care about and then care about what they care about. You don't need to care about it to the extent that they do, but if, but if you want to strengthen that relationship, you've got to care about what they care about, and you've got to pursue them. Um, that, that's on you. That's what you can do. If, they, if that other person decides not to pursue you, well, then, then you figure out where to go, but... But, but there's, a, there's a discipline, there, there's an expectation that, it, that, that really is on you to pursue after uh, the relationship that you're looking for and, and to have a good understanding of, of what it is that you want out of it and really what, what God wants out of it. And, 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 and that's, that's no different than the relationship with God, that, that God is pursuing you. You might not realize it, but he is pursuing you. And, and he's giving you the opportunity to, to respond and pursue him back. That, that, uh, that, if, that if you get connected in, with him through his word, if you get connected to him uh, through community and, and through prayer, that, that you have the opportunity to take those steps to pursue after him, to see what it is that he's got for you. That, that, that in that pursuit, you will understand better what he really wants for you. And that, and then that can transform your life. That you get to to, to say, "Yep, I want to I want to follow him. I want to respond to him." That 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 all these other relationships are important, but 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 ultimately that's that's the one. That if if that's not the one that you have, then everything else is just kind of like on shaky ground, and 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 you don't know where that's going to go. And and this and this morning, if if you're sitting here thinking, you know, I don't have that relationship with him, I'm not pursuing him. That that uh, that today can be a, a stake in the a stake in the ground. Going today, today, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision. I'm gonna choose to follow him. That 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 maybe you're you're sitting here and thinking, you know, I, I hear him. I th- I actually think he's pursuing me. It's because he totally is. And 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 today you get to take the stand of, of saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess. I'm, I'm going to confess and believe in him and, and, and change my life to turn and repent and, and follow after him to see what he's got for me because he's got something significant for you. That the relationship that you have with him is, is, is hopefully first and foremost over everything else and that will impact all of your other relationships. My relationship with my wife is different because of my relationship with God and I know that's, that's this way for, for this panel here, you're hearing the stories of it, even the with and without God, um, 
take, take those as inspiration that, that God can be doing something in, in your life. And if you have not started that path, or if you're at a place where you're like, you know what, my heart's kind of hardened, I need to stop, turn, confess, and believe again, and start moving back after him. We're going to give you the opportunity to do that. And, and, and know that this opportunity to pray is not like a magic prayer, that, that it's not like, okay, so I said the prayer, I'm good. Um, this is just an opportunity for you to, to confess and believe, to say, it, to say it out loud. This is where I am. I'm going to follow after you, God. I don't, I don't know what that all means, but, but I'm going to follow, and I'm going to pursue you, and I'm going to see what that means and, and understand that it's probably not going to mean that everything's easy because relationships are hard, and our relationship with God can be hard, not because he's hard, but because we're stubborn, and, and we want what we want. Um, but, but this step today can be getting to know him better and want what he wants and see what that and see what that does. So if you could close your eyes, bow your head, nobody look around. I'm gonna say a prayer, you can follow after me, but but uh, know that again, this is just this is a, a confess and believe moment. This is uh, an opportunity to, to to say to God the Father that here I am, I'm gonna follow after you. Father, I thank you for this morning. I want a relationship with you. This morning, I'm going to put that stake in the ground. And I'm going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm going to turn from the direction I was looking and point my focus on you. Please show me the path to walk and transform my desires into yours. Please transform my relationship with you and my relationship with others to glorify you. I lift this all in Jesus' name. All right, so we're, so we're gonna, just going to go right down into it. We're going to be uh, answering these questions and and. And, and there's a, a general theme to a lot of the answers that, that you'll see, and, um, and, I, and I hope that kind of clicks. And again, if, if you don't hear your specific question, listen for the answer, because we're going to kind of try to tackle a bunch of questions within a, simple, a single answer. So the first question that we're going to tackle today is, how do I build a strong and consistent relationship with God? And this is a great place to have the first question. I know that, that a lot of people are probably thinking, so how do I have a better relationship with my wife? How do I have a better relationship with my kids? And, and those type of things. But, but really, the primary relationship that we're looking at is, is uh, the, our relationship with God. That, that if we have a strong and consistent relationship with God, then, then the patterns of our relationships with others kind of shifts, that, that we've got a better perspective on it. Now, when it comes to your relationship with God, if your relationship with God is, revolves strictly around Sunday morning service, that this is the time that you get to hear his word or have any time of prayer or any time of fellowship within the Christian community, that this is it, you don't really have a relationship with God. There ain't, there's just not much one there. That if, that if the, the, the extent of my relationship with my wife was based around 45 minutes of sitting and watching TV and then I had no interaction with her the rest of the week, we wouldn't really have a relationship. And, and, and I'm saying this not to like make anybody feel bad, but, but, but when it comes to a relationship with God, there's, there is a, an opportunity for us that, that we need to be disciplined, that we need to be focused, that we need to have some patterns in our life of, of reaching out and searching out and hunting out God to see what, 
uh, see who he is, what he has for us, what he would like us to do, what he is doing in the world already. And, and so there, there are some, 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 some basic disciplines that, that everybody should have in their, in their life in some form or fashion on, on, on a regular basis, not just on every Sunday basis, but on a daily basis. You, you should be in prayer, that, that there should be a pattern of prayer in your life between you and the Father, where you're sharing with him your prayer requests, and then there's like an opportunity for silence in that prayer time to, to listen to hear for a response, that, that uh, if, if you don't know who God is, then you've you got to be in his word. And even if you do know who God is, you don't know him well enough to not be in his word, that, that there's got to be a pattern of, of being in his word and grappling with who he says he is in scripture, that, that if the only opportunity that you get to see who he is is on a Sunday morning with the verse that we pop up here, you don't know him. But you've got to be disciplined enough to take those steps, that, that, that he also wants us to be in community, that that. Uh, a solitary Christian, if you're walking this walk on your own, you're, you probably don't have a strong relationship with God because he's called us to love others. He's called us to be in relationship with others. And, and, and Simple Church offers some, some opportunities for you to connect with other believers. We have it here on Sunday morning. You can walk through growth track and be with people as, you, as they discover better who God is and the plan that they've got for them. Grow groups start today. That, that if you're looking to, to get connected with other believers, grow groups are there. There are opportunities to serve. There are mission trips that happen. There are, there are just so many places that, that, you have, that you can connect with other believers and then connect with God that, that, that they're there, but you have to do it. That, that you actually have to, to do something and, and stand up and, and chase after God because he's chasing after you. Um, and those disciplines probably look slightly different for all of our lives. You know, I have my, my pattern of prayers through journaling. I, I, I do journaling that, that when I write down my prayers, it slows it down. And I have, a, I have a different focus on what I'm praying for, plus how I'm interacting with God. What, do you guys have any specific disciplines that, that bring you closer to God? Uh, so for me, I, I also, so prayer is big for me. It's, it's not just like I wake up and pray. It's all day. It's a constant. So if I find myself in the car and there's just there's just something going on, or or I'm about to uh, walk into a, a a less than desirable meeting, or whatever the case may be, I pray. So just just prayer for me, it, all the time, every day, all day. Um, it doesn't have to be just like before every meal or when you wake up. But that's that's mine. Do you pray before you go to bed? Uh, yeah, I pray yeah, that uh, I can fall asleep. Question. Yeah. <laughs> Smith? Yeah, I think for me it's the same thing. It's just disciplined. I'm, I'm terrible, and my day will get completely away from me if I don't block out time uh, to, play, to pray. Excuse me. And, and so specifically in mornings and even throughout the day, I've got times on my calendar where I will just set time aside so that I can be purposeful and intentional because, like I said, things will just you know, slip if I, don't, if I don't really make it a, a part of my day. Purposeful and intentional will, will pop up often in, in these conversations because because that's just how we have to be. That if we're not purposeful, if we're not intentional, our relationship with God's not going to be accidental. It's, it's not just going to miraculously happen. That, that he lovingly and miraculously calls us to him, but, but the relationship is, is, uh, is a, there's, there's discipline that comes with it that, uh, that we need to focus there. Keep that in mind as we go through all the rest of the questions. So the next one's, the next one's going to be maybe a little bit more challenging. Uh, how often do you all get to have relations in your relationships? Who wants to answer this one? Oh, it's a toss-up. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. So, uh, 
Outside of marriage, the answer is zero. Um, inside of marriage, uh, from like me, it's um, no. I'm just my wife's not here right now. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, um, no. Inside of marriage, more than zero. But but yeah, it's a very very uh, pretty clear cut. So, so one of the challenges with a question like this for, for married couples is somebody's looking for an answer. They're looking for a specific number, right? That, that if we throw out the number 12, that somebody's going to take that number 12 and go back to their spouse and use that as a weapon. That, 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 that number 12 is either too much, too many, it's you're, it, not enough, what, what, you know, that, that, it's, that it's just a weapon. That, that uh, if that question is an issue in your marriage, you've probably got other things that you need to talk about. There, there are other aspects of, of your marriage that, that probably need to be focused on, that, that you're not on the same page. I'm, if you're not on the same page there, my guess is that you're not on the same page somewhere else. And it's an opportunity for you to, uh, to, to, to be real about the situation that you're in and, and figure out what is it that you both really want? What is it that God really wants for your, for your marriage? And how do we get there? God's not, God doesn't want a certain number for your marriage. He wants a right marriage. And he, he wants a healthy marriage. And, and so the, the danger in giving a number is that that's the weapon when, when really the focus probably needs to be somewhere else. Um, if, if the, again, if this is a, a boat that you're in and you want to figure out how to get back to a right marriage, that's something that uh, pastoral counsel can help with. Um, don't throw out your question here right now, but, but afterwards, you know, reach out to us and, and we'll see how, how we can help you walk down that path. Fair enough? Next question is, how do you continue to positively pour into someone's life when they continue to be toxic? Kyle, would you like that one? Sure. Um, so I love to use little phrases, and if you work with me on any of my teams, you know it's a, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do me, you do you, boo-boo. Like, it's a lot of fun stuff like that. But there's truth in saying that because I really focus on if I'm going to remain positive and continue pouring in somebody's life. This is all about what I'm choosing to do. And so my response into a situation. And I think looking at that too is when someone continues to be toxic, what is it that you're looking for? Are you looking for them to change? Or are you expecting a different behavior out of them? Because you can continue to pour into someone's life. You can continue to pray for them and establish some boundaries of, you know, uh, in, a, in a friendship or work relationship of what might not be working so well if it's a toxic environment, but you can be in charge of your own response to those situations. Excellent. That's why you do you. You do you. you do That'll you. be the quote. <laughs> you do you. Kyle. Probably internet. <laughs> <laughs> internet. All right, next question is, how do you love someone through their hardened heart? So, so I'll, I'll take this one. Um, hashtag real talk. So I can't speak from the perspective of uh, of the loving part, I can speak from the perspective of the hardened heart. Um, so some of you may know, um, a while back, my wife and I, we went through a rough patch um, that resulted in a separation. We separated for a couple months, um, and it was it was it was rough, as you can imagine. Uh, but but I was the one with the hardened heart. I. There was nothing like I, I had. There was nothing that would phase my heart, um, and through that process, that's where that's where my wife she found she found God. She found God through through 
through her lowest of lows, she prayed, and God told her, um, this change of heart is not on you. Give it to me, and I'll take care of it. And, and, um, and here's what I want you to do. Just be faithful. Be obedient. Uh, pray. So, so she's praying. Um, she's diving into scripture. And uh, more importantly, she found community. So she, she's, she wasn't walking this out alone. Um, and so she, she did that. She decided to intentionally give that up to God um, and, and prayed. And, and the end result of that was divine intervention. I have, there was nothing else. It was just something clicked. Uh, two months later, just one day I had to see her. I, I, don't know, I don't know what it was, but it was just I woke up with a, like a fire in my heart to, to see her. And um, so I texted her that day, and I said, hey, I know you're flying out tomorrow but do you want to go on a date? And, and it was, it was now we're here. We are, I and mean, we've been very intentional about making sure that we're safeguarding that, um, going forward because it can happen. It can happen. And, um, so pray, be obedient, follow God, give it to God. He's the one who he'll, he'll, he'll take care of it. So, so the so the highlight of this story is 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 not his heart softening. It's it's the process that Danielle went through. That that if we go back to the first question, how do we have a strong and consistent relationship with God? That that here's some of the results that happen from it, right? That that uh, as you get closer to God, you will have a, a a better opportunity to impact the lives of people around you. And, and God will provide you those opportunities. You pursue him. You build a strong relationship with him. He's not just going to have you sit on the sidelines. There are going to be opportunities for you to uh, impact and influence others for, for his glory, that, that you'll have the opportunity to participate in the transformation of not just your life, but in other people's lives that, that God lends that hand to. Um, but this, this, is a, this is a beautiful story of that, that, that might actually be a part of a lot of people's stories. Uh, but it's, good, it's great to hear it. It's great to hear it and to remember it and, and to be encouraged by that. So, so hopefully that, that comes through to you as well. Thank you very much for sharing that. <coughs> Next question we're going to look at is, how do you maintain a healthy boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with a non-Christian? So, so, this, so this is kind of a tough one that uh, when my wife and I started dating, I was a non-believer and she was a believer, and uh, I don't recommend that. I, I don't recommend that at all. It, it worked out well for us. We're not the example. Um, I believe that, that we were probably uh, an, an outlier. But if, but if you're dating and one of you is a believer and the other one's not a believer, that you really got to be looking long-term. That unless it's just like, well, we're, we're going out to see movies and just having fun together, that's one thing. But if, but, if you're, but if you're serious about having a relationship with somebody that's not a believer, that, that the long term, you're probably going to have some issues. Uh, and, and my desire for you is, is to, to nip those issues in the bud early on because you're, you could get to a place five years down the road where now you have kids. It's like, well, how do we raise them? Do, I bring, do we bring them to church? Do we not bring them to church? That... That, uh, that, that influence is, is challenging. Um, from, from, a perspective that, from, from a scriptural perspective, you don't want to be yoked to a non-believer. And, and if you are, what, what will probably typically happen is instead of going uh, the path of being more Christ-like, it's just easier to swing the opposite direction. Um, and, 
in, in, in my case with me and my wife, that was how it went, uh, that, that our path was, was not the best path. Uh, God did some radical changing in there, but it, but, it, but it wasn't because it was like, oh, that's easy. If, if you're dating someone who's a non-believer, you just really have to ha- have a, a realistic conversation with them and God as, so what do you really want? Long-term, what do you really want from me? Short-term, what do you really want from me? Is, does this relationship make sense? Now, now on, on another hand, just like having friendships with believers, I think we're supposed to have them, and, and as, as a church community, I think we suffer in that, that, that when somebody comes to Christ, they come into church, and what ends up happening is they get connected with the church community, which is brilliant. However, in the process, sometimes it, it, it excludes the, the body of non-believers that we used to participate with, that we used to hang with and, and, and be in community with, and, and I think that's just a, that's just a major loss, that, that the relationships that we're supposed to hold with with non-believers is well, we're supposed to love for them, love them, and care for them, and serve them, and 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 do exactly what Scripture tells us to do. That if we look at Acts, we see all the believers were gathered together. They were sharing everything that they had, get, getting together in each other's houses, and eating and studying. and And the number of beings that were being saved were, was like huge on a daily basis. Well, if well, if people were being saved on a daily basis, that means the believers were hanging out with non-believers and loving them and eating with them and caring for them and, and participating with them. So, so the encouragement would be to, you know, hang out with your non-believing friends. That if, if you're a believer, if you're the shining light of God, that's, that's what he will use to have an impact on their lives. Do you guys have any, anything that you want to share in being yoked to believers or, or just hanging out with, with non-believers? Yeah, I think, I mean, and that word is powerful. The Bible talks about being equally yoked within your relationships, and, and I don't know if you know where that comes from, but it's the idea that it comes from like a time of oxen where they're yoking them together and they're pulling, you know, a crazy load. And the idea that is if one is uh, unequally yoked, one is going to pull a lot harder than the other one. And eventually someone's going to feel like, well, one of the oxen at the time, is going to feel like they're being dragged and they're left behind, and it just creates this really really tend it creates a really bad tension between these relationships and so the idea is that you've got to stay equally yoked you've got to go into each situation with the same expectations so that that person one of the two people doesn't feel like they're being dragged behind um you know, when I, was, when I was in high school, I wanted to play in a band, a garage band, and, and the lead singer said, hey, you can play for us, but however, you, you, we're a Christian band, and you've got to go to church if you want to be in the band, and at the time, I, I wasn't a believer, and I wasn't real happy about it, but uh, so I started, um, started going to, to church with the lead singer, and, and eventually gave my life to God, and so when I started dating Kyle, which again, we've, we dated when we were like 12 or 13, we've known each other for a long time. And, uh, and so I kind of brought the same thing into our relationship. I said, hey, yeah, we can date, but, you know, I, I'm a churchgoer now, and I need, need you to be the same thing. So, you know, even at a young age, <laughs> I at least had a, a general understanding, but the, the older I get, the more I realize that that's just super, super important, it's just to be on the same page and start that conversation early. I'd even add to that, um, you know, uh, being younger and wanting to grow up and get married looks one sort of way. So I was constantly praying like, God, when I grow up, I want to have a husband that, you know, cares for his family and he's a good man and follows you and everything. And then, you know, my life, I decided to make some terrible decisions along the way. So my path kind of looks like that. And, um, that was the answer prayer was Derek saying like, Hey, look, we can date, but you have to be somewhere and it doesn't have to be my church, but you have to be in church. And that's, that's what, isn't that what I wanted? The outcome was to have a, a, a God-fearing man and someone who loves his family and everything. And so then I got the best of both worlds because I got that. But I got a, I got a uh, bad boy image because he's got the tattoos and everything that I like with, <laughs> with good boy heart. 
There are so many questions I could go to from there. And you're welcome. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally mess with my daughter who's doing the slides and start bouncing around. So I wanna, I'm going to carry on with, with that conversation there. So uh, one of the questions was, where can I find good premarital counsel specifically around finances and marriage? So, so uh, if, if we're looking at it from a perspective of, so I'm with another believer, what's, what, what are those next steps? What does that look like? How can I, how can I get there? I think that was for Derek and Kyle, if I'm looking at it. Oh, you're pointing at me? Yeah. Yeah, come sit with me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, any, if you look around your friendships, you will see, uh, for premarital specifically, you will see marriages that you, that you think have what you want. Um, and that's not to, to, you know, elevate them, but that's something to achieve, right? So go to them. Talk to them. Say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? What's working? What's not working? And learn. And, you know, the, the church here has some phenomenal counsel from Pastor Tim, Pastor Aaron, and, and pull them aside and do it. You know, when we, when we had our premarital counseling, it was, um, it, it missed a lot, to say the least. I think most of it was uh, Derek, who has really bad ADD, stop tapping on the car when your wife's driving. It drives her nuts. That was basically my end. And hers was... That's scriptural. Yeah, it was, it was really, really light. We didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about kids, family, any of the stuff that you really need to, besides, again, like, just silly things. So make sure that if you have questions, you get questions. Ask everything and, and, and just seek godly counsel above all else. If you've got a friendship that, that their marriage is falling apart, probably not the best people to ask. Seek godly counsel. If you ask them, it's like, so what are you guys doing? And then don't do that. <laughs> so also, just, you know, shameless plug, but we do have, I mean, we have marriage groups here as part of our Grow Group curriculum. So we, we offer it in, uh, in, in two seasons. But it's, it's a great way to, to get involved in not just, like, currently married people, but, you know, if you're, you're dating or engaged, it's, it's a great way to, to just talk to other, other, other couples who have gone through things that you're going to go through or you, maybe you've gone through. But, um, but yeah, get in, a, get in a group. We've, we've, we've got a strong community of people here that, that can be support, that can be mentors, that can be counsel. And uh, if, if, if you're dating and you don't know what marriage looks like or, or some of the questions they ask, at, you know, f- find, a, find a couple that, that have been married for, for a little while and, and, and ask them. Ask them, so what, what am I not thinking of? What am I not taking into consideration? And... Uh, and, and that's a great encouragement to, to some of us old married people that, oh, we actually can still have something to give. Uh, that th- those, oppor- those opportunities are there. Please take advantage of those opportunities. Was that old that's people or old, old people. marriages? I just went with... Both? Yeah. <laughs> Mara? Oh, sorry. No, oh, I called out Mara. She's been married forever. That's a good thing, right? We love you, Mara. Yeah, and we have finance grow groups too. There we go. Yes, finance. I financial like that you called University. me out on that. Yes, FPU, do it. Yep. There, there are there are there are great opportunities to get plugged into a grow group that can help you move along in that in that path. Uh, please take advantage of them. They're they're all still open, right? Do yep. they have spaces? Uh, marriage group is closed, but FPU on Thursday nights is open. Brilliant. Plug them grow groups. Thank you, Mara. All right. Next question is: How do I overcome differences in my relationships? Uh, I, I can take this one. So here's a fun question: Is when I was raised, everything I taught was that I read or that I saw on TV was you. You. I don't even want to say the word. What's the one word that comes to your mind when you're having a difference with a friend or, or a spouse? What's one word you're you're supposed to do? 
compromise. That's a terrible idea. I don't know who, where that came from. But that's what I was taught too, right? And compromise is terrible because at the end of the day, who really wins? Have you ever compromised with a spouse and by the end of it, you're like, wow, we, we gave a little, I gave a little. I feel like I won in that situation. I never have. I always feel, I'm usually a little bit angry, a little bitter because I feel like, well, I gave away a little more than I probably should have. I feel slighted. And I think we compromise because it's easy. We compromise because it saves face and it just gets the argument over, right? Over, right? But I think there's, there's, there's a path you can take to get to your differences, to overcome your differences. This just makes a little more sense. Um, and my advice, and something that we really started doing here recently, um, is to, if you're in the middle of an argument or a disagreement of any kind, you've got a difference, is just press pause. Step away 10, 15 minutes, and each separately, think of what you want the outcome to be. And I know we've said outcome a lot, but it's, it's important. Think about what you want out of this difference. And I guarantee you, because you're, I mean, this is friendships or relationships, 90% of the time, your outcome is exactly the same. That's why you're together, because you have the same goals, you have the same wants, right? But because you're, you're I got this tension, you just, you're not willing to communicate it properly. Press pause, figure out what your outcome is, and then come back together and start talking about the path to get there. Because once you agree that the outcome is the same, that makes the path so much easier. It's so much wider for you guys to actually create actionable steps and, and bring clarity to the conversation. Um, so yeah, compromise just doesn't always work because most of the time you're in it to win it, literally. You want to win a greater chunk of that compromise than what you're giving to your partner, and that's, that's not success for anybody. So, so what my wife and I did is we whiteboarded. So we whiteboarded everything. Finances, really, our uh, our kids, family, all that stuff, and uh, and we saw where our where our uh, our differences were, but we knew what what we wanted in our outcome. Just like just like Derek said, we we knew what we wanted, so we we figured out what was what worked best for our, for our marriage and for our family. Very cool. Did you whiteboard the relations too? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just asking. You <laughs> said everything. <laughs> It was one of Tally. the questions early on. I figured I could throw that out there. Yeah, no, we whiteboarded, you know, frequency. I love, I love awkward. Intensity. Love awkward. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is over there going, I'm going to talk to him after service. <laughs> no. All right. So the next question is, what do you do when someone you trust steal... So what do you do when someone you trust steals and lies about you. Oh, there was a groan. Did you hear that? There was a groan. Uh, I, I, what, what can you do? You can forgive them. We, we do the biblical principles and, and forgive them. I think, you know, one of those things in life is that the people that we love, the people that we trust, our friends, even our, our closest relatives will unfortunately let us down. There's stealing, theft, lies. There's going to be those times. And, and I know that's not something fun to hear, um, you know, and I always love when Pastor Aaron comes up here and says, um, you know, I know we're coming to church, we want to hear positive things, and he says, yeah, I'm positive people are going to let you down. And so it's important to know that when they let you down is that you just need to maybe set some boundaries, as Kyle spoke about, so that you don't get have that in the future. Um, but know that that doesn't have to end your relationship. You don't have to completely cut ties because someone has, has broken your trust. It might alter your relationship, but it gives you a really, really incredible opportunity to communicate and to set expectations and, again, and boundaries so that that doesn't happen again. And, and I think my biggest question would be is how would you want them to treat you 
knowing that at the very same turn you could hurt uh, their trust and, and lie and steal and all these things. And you would want grace and you'd want forgiveness. And that's what you got to turn around and give to them. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've that we've been growing as as a pastoral team, and and if you come to uh, the Sunday the the Sunday evening prayer, the prayer gathering that, that we look at an aspect of confession that, that in our relationship with God, God desires us to confess to him. He knows what we've done wrong, but there's still this, there's this relief and freedom that comes with lifting up to him to, to, to repent and say, this is, this is where I've, this is where I've gone wrong. I'm going to turn and go this way. Please, please forgive me and, and thank you. And, and we have the opportunity to do that with each other because because we are going to hurt other people. It's really easy to put the, the blame on other people. Say, oh, they just hurt me. They they they're lying about me. They're the gossip. They're the whatever. Um, but I'm one of those too. And so this entire panel here, I've had the opportunity to apologize to multiple times in the last couple of weeks because Tim gives of great apologies. <laughs> way too much practice. Um, <laughs> But uh, but you probably all need more practice. That, that you probably need all, all need more practice. That uh, I I know I'm going to hurt people, and and I'm hoping that I catch it, you know, preferably before I hurt them, but really soon after that that I can go at it and, and ask for forgiveness and, and apologize and see it change. Um, if if you want to see a transformation in your relationships. Uh, just like a, a transformation in your relationship with, with God, if you have a place where you need to confess and apologize and ask for forgiveness with God, that brings you closer together with God. It will do the same for the, for the relationships that you have on the horizontal level here as well. That, that if you know you've hurt somebody, uh, if you know it, I'm pretty sure they know it, and, uh, and, and there, is, there, is, there is something significant significant by being the the one that goes up and says, you know what? This is what I did. This is a complete and utter mistake. I am so sorry. Uh, if 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 you want to if if you want to know a, a, a clear path of apology of asking for forgiveness, we can talk afterwards. There's like a six, seven step apology, which sounds like really long, but but holy cow, it's a doozy. And it will restore relationships. Your relationship has the potential for being much, much better after uh, a, a proper request of forgiveness than if you just like kind of let it hang out there and say, oh, that's their problem. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's significant. You guys still like me, right? Fair enough. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. We've got, um, where was it? Sorry, I'm bouncing around. It is really awkward. All right. Which one am I looking at? Oh, okay. So Jason really wants this one. <laughs> is sex outside of marriage a sin? Jason? Yes. <laughs> Would you care Bible. to delve into that a little bit deeper? Well, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, it is. Uh, it's in the Bible. It's, it's peppered throughout the Bible. Uh, Paul, Paul writes about it in, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and it's very, it's very clear. So, boom. So, so, so I understand it. It is, it is very clear. But, but then you also got the, 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 the real life damage that comes with it. Um, you know, the potential for all these other s scenarios. But that, but that when you get to a place of, of wanting to be married and being, 
uniting and being one with the person that you're married to and you've got this other baggage. That other baggage is just, uh, it may have been fun at the time, but, but it's baggage that, that can still do, do damage to, to your, your marriage, to your relationship. Um, you know, God's not saying this is a sin because he's just a big old meanie and he doesn't want you to have sex. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. He says it's a beautiful thing within the confines of, of marriage. And, and those confines are freeing. You know, we'd like, we'd like to think that we just want complete and utter freedom. But what we have with complete and utter freedom is, is usually our path to destruction. That's just like, we'll just go headlong into, well, we're free to do whatever we want to do. Um, that, that God's, God's got a plan for you. He's got, he's got a plan for, for, for it all. And, and in this area, he, want, he wants it in marriage. And there's, there's a lot of repercussions when it doesn't happen within marriage. Um, maybe an uncomfortable conversation, but, but the world's got us hoodwinked right now, I believe. And uh, I, I don't think we understand the damage that comes with it all. All right, so I got one last question here. Um, this goes to Kyle. How do you keep the fire hot? It's like the tray of fajitas as they pass at the Mexican restaurant. Yes! Um, I would, oh, oh my gosh. I have this one fantastic story, and um, this just comes from a place of us just pursuing each other, and not just in a bedroom sense, but just choosing this guy right here over anybody else because this is who I'm married to. And sometimes that looks like going to the art festivals that he likes because that's really what he's into. And I know that that's going to make him feel good. And, you know, then there's going to be other payoffs later. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things is when he calls and he says, hey, girl, I'm bringing you a cup of coffee and stuff. And I'm like, all right, yes, please, a boy. And um, (laughs) then there's just, you know, there's other things. We've been married for a long time. And you're just always in pursuit of that person and just choosing that person above anybody else. Every day, no matter what. But I do have a fun story, but um, ladies only. So you're going to get that story and tell me later, right? <laughs> everything about that She's is like, terrifying. yes, yes, I will. I said, everything about that is terrifying. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't disagree. I know there's a lot to say when it comes to... Um, and I think I saw somewhere else, there was also a question that said, how do you put your your significant other first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and it kind of piggybacks on there. And, you know, that, that expression is, has bugged me a little bit because I don't think there's a biblical model for putting your spouse first. You know, we put God first, and then, but we also have to take care of ourselves. Um, you know, I, I love, I, I, there was a, a pastor that I was watching, and he said that, you know, you can't, you can't give what you don't have. And that if you are constantly negative all the time within yourself about yourself and you don't have a self-good image, uh, good self-image, you're going to bring that negativity into all your relationships. So you have to work on yourself, especially if you're not in a relationship. Take this time to invest in yourself and get healthy so that when you're in a relationship, you will bring that health there. And then prioritizing or, um, or preferring, I think, what was the word you used? Pursuing? pursuing. And then pursuing your, that person is going to be so much easier because you've, you've invested in yourself and you poured into yourself and now you have a little more to give that person. Um, and so I think, I think that's important, you know, aside from the obvious, which is put your phone down, turn the TV off, have a meal at a table together without your phone, looking people in the eyes. It, it's always astounding to me when you sit at dinner and you look across and every single person is on their phone. It's like, well, we could have done this over pizza at the house, you know? So it's, 
It's great. Uh, keeping the fire hot, I, I hate that expression. Um, but uh, it's just about having preference for, your, for the person you're with and just, and just valuing them above, above the other stuff in your life. Oxygen. On that note, uh, so, so one, of the, one of the words I just want to go back to that Kyle shared was pursuit. Um, there, were, there were a number of questions that, that, that revolved around this, this general theme of how do I get relationships, and, and there's got to be an aspect of, of pursuing that, that, if, that if, you're, if you're looking for a marriage partner, that, then you've got to be like out pursuing, that you've got to be looking for and interacting with people outside of of your house. I don't understand how the, all the, the, the finger swiping apps work, but, but dodge the finger swiping apps and, and go out and meet people. Find places to meet people do, doing things that you're interested in. Uh, church, church is one of those opportunities to, to connect with other people. Where do you connect with other people and then how can you pursue those relationships? And then even beyond a, a, a marriage focus, it's like, so if I'm looking for friends, you know, I've, I've actually got to do something. I can't just sit here and wait for people to come to me. I've got to pursue others. I've got to pursue those relationships. I've got to, to, to make some effort to meet some people, to learn how to care about what they care about, and, and, and see those, those relationships get built. Um, per, pursuit is key in, in any of those relationships. And, and then we're going to go back to that first question, that, that pursuit, you know, pursuing after God is, is primary as well. That, that you will, you will find him if you pursue him and know that he's pursuing you. He's chasing after you. He is, he is at a place where he's, he's calling you to him and you just might not be able to hear it yet. Um, but, that, but that might be shifting, that in a community of believers where, where if you're not a believer, if you don't know him, that, that there are people in this room that are, that are probably praying for you and have been. That, that I know in my life when I was a non-believer, my... My girlfriend at the time was praying for me. I had uh, people in, in the places that I worked that were praying for me, some that I knew, some that I didn't know were praying for me, and, and, uh, and, and God was pursuing me through, through those people as well. Um, this morning might be the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get closer to you, God. I'm going I'm to chase after you. I'm going to pursue you because, because I know that you're pursuing me. And and, and this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to say a prayer, and the prayer is nothing magical. It's just an opportunity to, to, to be in that place. If you're in that place of, I, I hear him calling me, I, I can sense him pursuing me, that, that this morning I'm going to confess and believe. And, and for, for, for those that, that are already believers, if this is the opportunity now where it's like, you know what, I have not been pursuing him. My relationship with God is, is, is not close, that, that I don't have patterns that, that will get me closer to him. Um, I haven't taken those steps or built those disciplines that, that this morning is an opportunity to put a stake in the ground and say, so today, I may have screwed up last week, I may have not been a, a faithful follower, but today, today I'm going to take a next step. Today I'm, today I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to confess and believe. Today I'm going to ask somebody to pray for me. Today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up my Bible and see what the verse of the day is. Today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to being a part of growth track to see how God designed me. Today I'm going to sign up for a a grow group and be a part of a community. We'll see how that goes. Um, take a next step. That today is an opportunity to, to take a next step uh, towards Christ. That this is the opportunity. So, so if you want to bow your head and close your eyes, we'll just, we'll just take a moment to pray. Um,
again, nothing magical in the words, but, but it's an opportunity to, to, to say it out loud, to, to, to make the statement here and now, okay, this is where I am. Pray along with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to come here and to hear how relationships should be. Father, today I put the stake in the ground. Today I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today I stand in belief. Father, I pray that you show me the path. This path that I'm supposed to walk to be closer to you. Thank you for pursuing me. Now I'm going to pursue you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.